One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And welcome. I think to... I always laugh after you say hello. Every episode is your turn. I'm always like, <laughs> <laughs> is it because you find me so adorable? Yeah, I think I so. Can't help it. Is it yeah. voluntary? Uh, yeah. Mm. Wouldn't say it was voluntary. <laughs> Go on. Is it involuntary? Crack on. Welcome to Gaze on <laughs> Film. This podcast is where we, a pair of gays, talk about what we're watching. I'm Ned. And I'm Declan. And in this episode, we will be talking about buttons. <laughs> the top erasure is... Scandalous. Yes. Remember, there will be spoilers once we get to the headline feature, so as always, do proceed with caution. But before we get into it, I'm dying to know what you've been watching recently. Um, so I know you're going to talk about the new David Fincher that we watched together. I asked about yours. And no, I know, but because we are getting into the habit of recording a bit more regularly these days, I haven't really watched all that much, really. Um, because the last time was, mm, we had Chicken Run. Yeah. Which was Killers of the Flower Moon, which was was only like... Last... Last Tuesday we recorded, it came out last week. So, yeah. um, And also, we've been watching loads of Leeds Film Festival films. Yeah, been very busy. not going to mention those because we're going to do an episode about it all. Yeah, but there was a really good one yesterday that I was obsessed with. Obsessed. Um, But, so, finished Loki season two, which I know you haven't even started yet. I forgot about it. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out... Sounds like it's not just you that's forgot about it, because as well of the as well as the Marvels flopping this weekend, apparently Loki isn't being viewed very much at the minute either. Um, but it was quite a confusing season. I found the plot quite hard to follow at times, but the way it ended was fantastic. The oh, la- the okay. last episode was how many episodes? Brilliant. Is it? Six. And how long are they? Between forty and fifty five minutes. Oh. Um, so long. But it was very, very good. Yeah. Um, so I would recommend for anyone who is still an MCU fan, because <laughs> there seems to be getting less and less out there, but it kind of brings some big ideas together, leaves you very much feels like a finale to a season, perhaps a finale to a character. Mm. Um, although probably not. Um, but yes, very much enjoyed it. And if anyone hasn't given Loki season two a go, I would recommend if you are, obviously if you're a Marvel fan, but also if you just kind of, like there's the people that follow Marvel and will see and watch everything, which obviously I'm probably preaching to the... Converted. Converted. I was going to say the choir. Is that... Yeah. Yeah. Um, But even if like you kind of enjoyed Loki as a character throughout kind of his adventures with Thor and then Avengers, um, I would probably go back and and, and watch this because I think it's quite accessible for season, right, Loki eh? season one and so, Loki season two. Mm. Um, I'm also halfway through the fall of the House of Usher, which I was hoping to watch before Halloween, but there's just so much bloody telly that there's no way I can watch it all. Bloody because it's Halloween. Yeah. And I did want to watch it before Halloween, but I thought I'll watch it after. It's scary and it's dark outside. Yeah. We've got Storm Debbie with us now. Um, blowing a girl. Hiya, Debbie Love. <laughs> Hello, love. <laughs> that's how a little Jessie Ware pun, because we went to see her in Manchester this past week. Oh, that's why we've not seen any films. We've been so busy all weekend. We're always busy. Oh, I know. Um, I have seen the Marvels, but we're seeing it together and we're doing an episode on it, so... Keep Keep stumbling there as well. But yeah, The Fall of the House of Usher is quite... uh, So far, it's very good. (laughs) 
No, I'm enjoying it. It's it's quite clever and well written. It jumps forwards and backwards. Um but I am really enjoying it. It's one of those Netflix shows that annoyingly for my sleep schedule, when you finish one episode, you it always like other. finishes on a bit of a cliffhanger. So I end mm. up watching like at least the next five to 10 minutes of the next one. Cause I'm like, uh, I can't wait to see what happened. That's silly, but it's a really there. clever premise. So basically the, the ushers are this horrendously rich family, like billion, billion gross billionaires family. Mm. Um, they, it's a bit kind of, they've profited massively off, um, kind of a bit like oxy, oxycontin, oxycontin. Oxy, it's a bit similar to that where the, uh, this is fictional. Like the opioid crisis. Yeah. So they've, they've profited off this painkiller and now yeah. there's a trial and basically there's a, there's a mole within the ushers who was, who was talked to the feds. Right. So the dad puts a 50 million bounty out to the family and says, uncover who it Find is, but it kind of tears them all apart. And then one by one, things oh. happen to his his children. Okay. Um, I don't it, think I'm going to watch it. I mean, for you, Ned, who doesn't tend to watch a lot of telly, I probably would say... Well, I've also seen the last episode. What? Yeah, your mum watched it while I was ironing the other day. Was it good? Yeah. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. But there's so much other stuff. But I, you know, there was that one last year that I didn't watch because it didn't really get good reviews. And again, I kind of missed it, a Mike Flanagan one. But obviously... Oh, it was like a high school one, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, and it didn't really get... And I thought, oh, I'm not that bothered. But I've loved all this. Me... Actually, I mean, The Haunting of Hill House. Hill House, Bly Manor and Midnight Mass were and all... Midnight Mass was notch. phenomenal. Yeah. Like, and, and Hill House was, but I really probably appreciated more kind of... The craft, the way he makes horror is really interesting. Yeah. But Hill House was a bit more... And when I use the word conventional, I don't mean it was conventional really at all, but it was a bit more of a straightforward horror. Whereas Midnight Mass, like got under your skin it made you feel weird and horrible and it was slow and unfurled itself and it was yeah. really cool so i would still say midnight mass is the my favorite of mike flanagan's netflix shows then probably hill house and currently house of usher is above bly manor i didn't really mm. like bly manor that much well, bly manor was the first one i watched oh, was it i did quite enjoy it um and the, the other reason... It's because the mum from Spy Kids is in it. The mum from Spy Kids? Mm, can't remember her name. The Spy Kids version with Antonio Banderas? Mm-hmm. Yes, she is. Yeah. Yes. And she's in them all, really, because yeah. it's like an anthology type thing. Yeah. But this is the last of the Netflix shows that he's doing before he now moves to Amazon, I want to say. Um oh, is he? And I think he's doing a film soon. Um, let me have a look. Will it be horror? He seems quite... And he was attached to one of the new DCU properties, like a Swamp Thing film that James Gunn was okay. doing. Um, let me just... I still haven't seen Doctor Sleep that he did, which annoys me that I haven't seen that. Oh, that was really good. That was I him. I didn't realise that was him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's doing a... The Life of Chuck, a life-affirming genre-bending story based on Stephen King's novella. Don't know. Um, But it's Stephen King, so there's potential there. But yeah, I would... If you haven't seeked The Fall of the House of Usher out and you're looking for quite an... Seeked. Sought. 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 Seeked. (laughs) If you haven't sought it out... Sort it out. If you haven't sorted it out. <laughs> if you haven't sorted um, it out. And you're after a Netflix out. show that's quite addictive and you've yeah. maybe got a bit of a chilled weekend, which if you're our age and it's on the run up to Christmas, you probably don't have because our calendar is horrendous, but that's pulling back the curtains. That's our fault. Ah. Um, but yeah, I would recommend it. Speaking of Netflix, David Finch's new The Killer film is on it. What did you think of that? Uh, I think I gave it three stars. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Maybe three and a half. I don't know. I found it difficult to get to grips with the characters, but I really, really, I found it entertaining. Like, I really enjoyed how it was put together. 
And I thought Michael Fassbender was really, really, really good in it. Yeah, I, I hope he gets more work off this because he's been very... Yeah. He, he kind of got struck off Hollywood after a couple of, of misses. Did he? Um, what um, was he in that didn't do very well? That video game adaptation. Oh, God, what was it? Like, he he did so well in kind of Macbeth, Steve Jobs. Yeah. And then, yeah, he went on a bit of a hiatus, which I'm not sure if it was his own. Yeah. But... Um... I got a oh I got an interaction on my letterboxd review of this, um, Bill Hargreaves. Oh yes, he's one of our followers. Who is he? Oh, shout yeah. out Bill Hargreaves. Yeah. Um, and I agree. I think um a little bit of editing to some of the earlier scenes could have allowed Tilda Swinton to be a bit more present in it because she was, um, way cool to bring in, and then she was only in there like five minutes. Yeah, but I think that's a bit of a ballsy move to bring Tilda Swinton in and just for five minutes. Yeah, well, that's I think that's partly why I found the characters a bit difficult to follow because other than Fassbender, nobody was in it for more than about five minutes. I think that's the point. I know that's the point, but I found it <laughs> difficult to follow. That's I found this so interesting because when we were watching it, Ned was like, "I'm a bit lost here." Whereas I didn't really. I'm get normally the, the one point of it. who gets lost watching films, yeah. and you were normally the one I turned to and go, "Explain this to me." But I was going to Ned, it's a really simple premise. Like, I know, really like, simple. I know but... the premise is simple, but I didn't get who was who. That's the problem. I got the storyline. I just didn't get which person was doing which part of the story. It didn't quite... It. I needed to watch it a couple of times, a couple more times to really get my head around it. It was very um, stylized yeah. and... I mean, quite meticulous in like. To be honest, I think I could watch the opening sequence. It was a bit tense, wasn't it? Quite, a, I could watch that a few times and really enjoy it. Yeah, I wouldn't Just be surprised if like people in a learning how to make films. Yeah. Someone put this opening sequence on and said, "That's how you build tension in a really invented of an almost kind of muted hmm. way." Um, because there's not a lot going on. No. But it's very tense. Yeah. Um, but yes, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I give it four star. Um, but yes, I am glad to see Fastbender back as well. I think we'll yeah, see him I next think it, in it's definitely Taika Waititi's next goal wins about that. I want to say Tongan football team. Oh, that which one has been really coming fun. out for uh, yeah. about four years. Like a he fit, he rapped on that went into pre-production of Thor: Love and Thunder. Yeah, mm. um, released made it, released it. It's been out for ages, and still this isn't out. But there's a lot to do with someone who I think they had to reshoot quite a lot of the film. Oh, okay, fair enough. Um, so uh, well, I yeah. look forward to that one. Yes, um, and yeah, I think I would recommend people watch The Killers, The Killer, Killer if they like like a bit of a tense sort of. Thrillery type. So my brother texted me about it. It was like, have you watched The Killer? And I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. He said, yeah, so did me and dad. And mum got up after 20 minutes and went Wasn't to bed. Bothered. So I think I, I do think it won't be for everyone because no. it's quite... And I know mum's not really... Like, mum can't stand any of the John Wick films. Don't see the point in them. Oh, uh, it but gave me a bit John Wick vibes. N- it, it was a lot more grounded points. than that, though. Like, well, John Wick... It was obviously a, not fantasy. Like yeah, John Wick like, John Wick doesn't is. feel real, does it? Like, no. every fucker's an assassin. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas this felt like it could be John Wick isn't real. real. This was set, like, in real life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Watch it if you like that kind of film. That is the only non-lift film I've watched since we last recorded, so I haven't got anything else to really say on that. What's up? I'm just looking at the next thing we'll do. We'll have to try watch some stuff this week. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be repeating ourselves, or this sequence will be getting a hell of a lot shorter, especially mm. on the run-up well, to Christmas. because we're going to see the um, Hunger Games prequel on Sunday, I do want to watch both of the last two, because I've never seen them before. Mockingjay Part 1, Mockingjay Part Thank 2. You. Yeah. One, yeah. two. Um, so, yeah, what is going on in the news? Mm. We've not recorded since, have we? It's over. Ah, oh. The actor strike is over and... 
I assume if you're listening to this podcast, you already knew that, but we are so excited. I, and what's just exciting straight away is I follow a few, like, film news accounts on Twitter. Right. And I've got notification, like, set up for when they tweet. Just so I... Is it still called tweeting now? It's X. Oh, God. I'll never call it X. No. In fact, I'm close to coming off, but that's not relevant right now. And for ages, there's been hardly any news that's coming out. Well, right. we all know this. We, we've, we've, this, is, this segment has been a bit of a slog for a while. Mm. And straight away, within a few days, I was like, oh my God, there's news coming out. There's, there was press release about castings. James Ooh. Gunn said that Superman is still going to make its release date because all the other production team... Well, not until 2025. Oh, but I mean, No, no, he yeah. wrote it before the strike and then obviously the yeah. bit of casting came out, but all the other production teams have been working away on the sets and everything. So all that's left to do is, is to shoot it. To yeah. yeah. Um, so all that kind of stuff. I'm sure that, and we will get to this, but the, the deal is pretty good it lasts three years but apparently it's normal that they like re- they kind of each contract only lasts a few years before they reassess things and go back right. um the studios did put what they call the final something offer to them uh best and final best and final which they didn't accept because it basically said we can scan your face to use it forever gave them, gave them death rights didn't it basically without face. any monetary value like your your family wouldn't get it your estate wouldn't get it and they could use it forever so there's a bit of forward the the main sticking point was basically ai in the end which they went forwards and backwards on a bit um and now it is done and i think the deal has now been ratified so hollywood is back i'm sure a lot of studios are already you know i've seen that stranger things the final season of Stranger Things, David Harbour's already yeah. flown out to start filming on that. Yeah. Um, Deadpool 3's gone back into... Like, everything is quite quickly going back into production. Mm. Um, what's the one that had two days left of, of principal photography? Beetlejuice 2 only had two days left, which oh is God, so annoying that they've had, like, we do a, 100. We I wanted to do one for Halloween this year, but we just didn't have time and we did a couple of others, but yeah. I'd, I've never seen it. I know. Um, but Ryder. all of a sudden... Oh, no, that's Edward Scissorhands. I've never seen Beetlejuice either. With... Oh, God, I can't remember. I was thinking of Johnny Depp and Winona Ryder in Edward Scissorhands. I do like that one, though. Um, but straight away, obviously, Disney th- got in ahead and looking at the what, what is in the can, what still needs doing, and a lot of movements happened. So it now looks like... Deadpool 3 will be the only MCU film that comes out next year. It's mm-hmm. been delayed from its May 3rd release date till the 26th of July. I think this is potentially a very good thing for Marvel to just have one next year mm. and then almost like a bit of a break. Because Deadpool as well, whilst he is coming into the MCU, isn't necessarily because he was part of Fox for so long. It doesn't necessarily feel like proper MCU either. So I feel like a bit of a breathing space might do right. Marvel quite well. So, okay. um, yeah, although the year after is straight back to four films um, in the year. Right. I think we've got Captain America, Blade, something. To, but what's quite interesting is they obviously need just a couple more months, Deadpool, because, um, you know, they've gone from the beginning of May till late July, but... Marvel have never not released a film the first weekend of May since Guardians 1. So for them to vacate that release date, which is normally a massive, like, beginning of the summer blockbuster season, is a bit wild. So So I don't know if another studio might move it. See, I would move Apes forward. Oh, I still haven't watched any of the newer Apes. Because at the minute... 24th, which is Memorial Day in America, you've got Furiosa, which is the... Oh, God, help me. The Mad Max film. Right. You've got the Garfield movie and Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes all coming out on the same day. Oh, we watched the trailer for Garfield. We did, it was quite cute. It was cute. Um, 
so I'd potentially move Apes. And I think it's technically the same studio as Disney because it's 20th century, which is now Disney. So, yeah. Or Inside Out 2. Maybe that could kick off the, the summer season. Yeah. Um, Didn't so, 20th century become Searchlight? Searchlight's part of Disney. Ah. They all are. Um, so, yeah. Um, we, we'll see, but it, it's over. I'm sure the news is... I think the actors are happy to be posting on Instagram. Yes, they are. Again. Yeah, um, I've seen quite. I've not just like I've just seen them posting behind the scenes of yeah of stuff. some of their think like projects that have come out during the strike because it's weird to think they can't even post kind of behind the scenes pictures because it'll be classed as promoting the film. Yeah. Um. So yeah, hopefully we're back. We're back in the swing of things. Um. Yes. And Hollywood is back and SAG's happy. And Are they likely to bring any of the pushed back films forward again or no? You think in June too? Well, that was one of me. Yeah. I won't. I don't think June don't will think move because so. it's only March now. Yeah, true. That'll, that'll fly by. That. Yeah. So I don't know. All right. But yeah, lovely. It's over. I honestly, I literally, I was still awake when it, I got the news, and I nearly threw my phone. I think you were out that night, and the next morning I said to you, did you see the news? And even you knew, which, yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, what a time we've had. <laughs> and now it's time to cast our minds into the future and get excited for what's coming up in the world of film. It's time now for Trailer Trash or Treasure. And what have we got this time? Do you want me to introduce it? Do you want to? Well, you asked me. What? What have we got this time? I know, yeah. Well, you... Yeah, but not not only I always picked on. I I would find it so rogue if you went to me. I've picked Trailer Trash or Treasure. I have picked it once. Have you? Yeah, we were. There was an idea for a while we were going to alternate and totally ignore me on this segment because I gave poor thing power things. I think a trash and said it didn't look like my kind of thing, Mm. and we saw it at Lyft this week. And not to give much away, but it was fucking fantastic. So, oh. um, yeah. But what have we got this it. time? This time, it's not poor things. No. It's Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. So, uh, link is in the show notes if you want to pause us now, watch along, and then come back and join the conversation. <laughs> Do that. We'll see you after the sparkles. Uh, it doesn't give much away. It's very much a teaser. In yeah. fact, I think it was a teaser trailer. Oh, okay. um, well, it teased me. So the last one, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was the re, yeah. the new one. Yeah, that was is the, one the epitome, set in like the the but, house out in the yeah. sticks somewhere. Is the epitome to me of a fine, like fine, three yeah. star. One of those films, I don't think I gave it a second thought as soon as I left the screen. I sometimes remember it, but I don't remember any of the details. Yeah. I would say... So, oh, that's another thing that we've done, which we should mention. So we went to see um, Empire podcast live recording at Leeds Trinity. And obviously as part of their podcast, they do kind of movie news and they did discuss this. And one thing I will agree with Helen O'Hara, shout out... Um, and she said it gets straight, this trailer gets like straight into what's happening and she hopes that there's more build up to actually what happens in the film. Yeah. So we basically see in this straight away, it's summer in New York, but this death chill comes, which is being scared to death, but you actually get frozen as well. You're not just frozen in fear. Yeah. You are frozen. I yeah. actually think this looks quite, I quite like the look of this. I feel like the film is probably going to be like, quite all right i don't think that i'm expecting anything mind-blowing based on that trailer and i'm concerned that the ice thing and the scared to death thing are just going to become a little bit confused like pick a lane and do it really well why do you have to have both i don't want the ice to be like a bit gimmicky okay that's the feeling i got from this trailer yeah that's fair. Yeah. But I I quite, yeah. I mean, I like the people involved. I like Paul Rudd. I like Carrie Coon. I like the younger cast, including 
Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Yep. Nice to see some of the originals, you know, Bill yeah. Murray. I'm sure it's going to be like, it'll have a few laughs with a cast like that. So also introduces Camille Nanjani, who I really like. I think he's very funny. He was in Eternals. Yes, I like um, him. He's been yeah. in some other bits. No, I recognise his face. Um, so, and there's some other newbies in there. Um, I, I mean, I'd like to see... Actually, sometimes I'm like, I wouldn't like... Because they're going to do another trailer, but I don't know if they'd almost give even more away. And I, I'm yeah. quite happy with that. Um, so, yeah, I would probably say for me, it's a a light treasure. I think I might have to trash it. It's... I'll probably see the film and I'll probably not have a bad time watching it. But this trailer... I mean, we'll see it, won't we? Yeah, Let's this be honest. trailer for me really hasn't done it. So, sorry. Okay. Well, it's US release date is March the 29th. We might get it the same or they might move it in this country depending on when the school... This Easter, country being the UK. The UK um, when the school Easter holidays are because sometimes jiggery-pokery happens with release dates. Hey, that's a turn of phrase you don't hear very often. Although it does actually say UK still the 29th of March, but I have no idea when Easter is, so... Um, but it's going up against a film that I'm very excited about, but I won't mm. talk about that. Mickey 17. Don't know that. Bong Joon-ho's new film, oh. which is a science fiction with Robert Pattinson, Mark Ruffalo, and Tony Collette. So if well, those that release date sticks, amazing. that'll be a good weekend. Have we got a trailer for that yet? At the cinema. Nope. Oh. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. Light, light treasure for me. Cool. And now it's time for this week's, this episode, I should start saying, now we're doing it more and more. This episode's headline feature, Bottoms. Isn't bottom a funny word? Bottom. Yep. You really get your lips around it. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming up right after this quick break. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bottoms. Bottoms, then. Yeah, you do get your lips around that, actually, don't you? Do you want to get straight into the synopsis before Shall we I? before we dive in? Yeah. <laughs> what a <laughs> right. Best friends PJ and Josie are bottom of the high school pecking order. Hence the name Bottoms. Yeah. To get noticed by their crushes, they initiate a self-defense club under the guise of the need for female solidarity at the school. In the time before a big football game, chaos ensues. I like that. That's a good synopsis. Thank you. Yeah. Three sentences long. So I've been waiting for this film to come out for ages because it came out in the US months ago and I don't know why. Mm. I wasn't even sure we were going to get a... Well, I knew it would release, but I didn't... I was convinced it wasn't going to go on cinemas in this country, but it did, which is mm. great. Yeah. Straight away, though, it's another film showcasing how cruel American high schools supposedly are. Because it's one of those kind of coming-of-age films, high school comedies, where you're like, is that what they're like in America? Like, really, honestly, I don't even think I've ever asked my American friends. No. Like, do they have all these groups and there's no intermingling and it's like just actual like, clicks yeah it's like like i know there was clicks in school that we went to but not like 
oh, they're the footballers, they're the, the hot yeah. girls, they're the this, they're the that. And I thought it was really cruel that these are, like, prefaced as, like, the the ugly lesbians that nobody likes. Although it is quite funny, like, nobody's <laughs> bothered Nobody's bothered that you're gay. It's that you're gay and, and ugly. ugly. Or, like, gay and a Gay loser. and untalented. Gay and untalented. It's like no one's... No, no, it's not the gay thing that's got you at the bottom of it. It's just no, that you're... It's the gay and untalented. Yeah. So, Variety uh, summed perfectly summed up what this film is using two other films it's fight club meets heathers yeah yeah like perfect yeah um yeah i think i would agree i haven't seen heathers like the film i've only seen it on no stage i've seen the stage and i'm like well i know what that means and i know what fight club means yeah. although i would like to revisit fight club because i don't feel like i've watched it as an adult who's really into cinema I have an embarrassing admission. You haven't seen Fight Club, Never have you? Never seen Fight Club. That's it. Well, Ugh. maybe we do it as a time capsule next year, maybe. Maybe we should. Um, I really, really love um, the main characters, PJ and Josie. Played, Me too. Played by <laughs> Rachel Sennett as PJ and Io... I'm going to butcher this. Edabiri. Edabiri, who is in The Bear... And is phenomenal in that. And to see her in this was amazing. And you know Rachel Sennett now, she's done a couple... She did the other film with the director, Emma Seligman, um, Shiva Baby, which I still want to see. And I know that the film is only like 70 minutes long, so I don't know what the hell's stopping me watching it just one night, but got a massive uh, watch list. Yeah. But who out of those two did you prefer? Uh, I not to pit them against one another. That's but... like asking a parent their favorite child. No, but I really like them. But I look for me, Josie sarcasm and like her, just <laughs> their whole dynamic. The two of them, their sense of humor, um, was so dry and uh really, really silly, really kind of close to the line. Just so funny. And what I loved about their, like, friendship is that they're, like, they're they're obviously the two lesbians in the year. It's totally platonic. They are, like, bros. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, it gave a really great... And they've, like, resigned themselves that they're the losers and, like, they need it's to do something about it. But... Everything about this film is so matter-of-fact. Like, there's no, like skirting around there's no judging it's just you're the ugly lesbians <laughs> you're the hot girls you're the jocks it was just really really funny so pj has got a crush on isabel isabel no, Brittany. pj's got a crush a crush on Brittany. yeah and uh, Josie's got a crush on Isabel. So the premise of how the Fight Club starts is also really quite funny in the sense that they go to like a fair. It's like the pep rally fun fair. Yeah. Which gives me like Greece vibes. Yes. Yeah. And Isabel has got a crush on. No. Isabel's boyfriend. Isabel's boyfriend. Is like the head jock. I imagine the quarterback or something. Played very funnily by yeah. Nicholas Galitzine, who is in our shockingly in our best performing episode, Red, White, and Royal Blue. He plays um, Prince, whatever his name is, Henry. Henry. Yeah, I will Brexit your head off your. <laughs> That's so camp. Um, but the way they get into a bit of an altercate, so Isabel and Jeff get into a bit of a fight, fighting match as a couple. Yeah. Um, PJ and Josie are in the car and they're like, oh, get get her to come in. Like, yeah, you can hit on her, but we need to look after her. You know, mm. solidarity to women, all that kind of thing. Mm. The way that Jeff falls to the ground when they hit his knees, and when I use the word hit... I was going to say hit is I mean, strong. a flick would be stronger with the yeah. car. The way he falls to the ground and, like, fakes this really really bad injury is hilarious it's as if his like both his kneecaps have been shattered and obviously with him being the the quarterback, quarterback from the american football team and all the teachers the next morning are even distraught that he's injured because even the teachers are 
obsessed with the football team, that like everything about is it. so funny about it, though, because this whole film is from the perspective of those two at the bottom rung of the ladder, and they are women. It, I think there's only one male character that gets any development, and <laughs> all of the other men in this film are just idiots but just like all, vapid aren't they like they're all doing stuff them. that like normal straight boys i remember them doing in high school even though the teachers what do you even mean like the, the male teeth like the adults because i even say the adults were all idiots yeah, as well they were all just they were just like flocking around stupid nonsensical stuff <laughs> and it was so weird it was like watching culty behavior from the outside which i think is a really really funny but quite almost um i don't want to say accurate because that's as if it's like real life but like a fantasy version of real life um Mm. of being like able to see what hetero the film is very much not just from like a feminist female gaze Pardon the pun. Female gaze. Um, but also kind of... Oh, I've lost my train of thought now. A gay gaze. But it's just very from their, how they see the world. Yeah. Whether or not that is how the world is. It's That's just how they exactly perceive the world. That's exactly what I was trying world. to get at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really, really funny. Because <laughs> you know, like when people say, there's your version of the story, there's his version of the story, and, and then there's the, the truth. truth. That's like, this yeah. is, it's very much... This is like very that. much their version of the story. Yeah. And oh my God, when they first go and talk to Isabel and Brittany pre this car accident. Oh, there was really funny dialogue, but I can't so, remember it enough. so funny. They were so awkward and just saying, they delivered their lines with such deadpan, like, poker What did face. Josie say? She says something really remember, just like novel. Really, really funny. This is a film, though, that, like, maybe not as soon as I walked out, I'd go watch again. But I think it's been a week now, and I would happily go watch it again. Maybe not at the cinema, but I'd watch it at home. Oh, I'll definitely stream yeah. it again, for sure. Yeah. Um, so Jeff quarterback mm. with the injured knees is Isabel's boyfriend. Isabel is the crush of PJ. No, no, of Josie, of Josie. Yeah, God, the names. I'm gonna get this wrong every single time I say yeah. it. Um, and like even her, it does, it doesn't indicate that she's going to get any like real character development particularly until quite late on um my tummy's rumbling i hope that microphone's not picking it up could you hear it yeah (laughs) sounded like um the cybermen were arriving well doctor who is back soon it is anyway what we said uh what was i saying oh and then like you don't really think much about it, and then suddenly Isabel's in the fight club, and you're like, ooh, this is going to get fun. I will say, mm. the way this film starts is not that, that is not how it develops. So yeah. it's almost like we're seeing it. So when they say they get away with what they supposedly did to Jeff and his weak knees by saying they were practising for a fight club. So then they do set this fight club up. Oh, now, yeah. I was expecting... And the reason that they had to make up that lie is because instead of the truth being reported to anybody, yeah. they are suddenly reputed as having gone to... Spent the summer at Juvie. <laughs> Which is ha- funny. Killed somebody <laughs> and then beat the living shit out of the quarterback because he said something wrong or looked at them the wrong way or something. And that's why... They end up in the head teacher's office, and he's just like, "I know you've spent the summer in juvie, <laughs> but what were you doing about this?" And that's when the lie about practicing for the Fight Club came out, isn't it? Yes, which that all sounds quite tame, and it probably is. Where this film then goes next is, I would say, so absurd, so mm-hmm. over the top. If I said way the word mo- bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> way more violent than I expected. Like, 
It's almost like it no longer exists in the same reality that that we're yeah, in. And it is, and it's a weird type of violence as well. It's like comical, but it's not slapstick. No, it's not at all. There's people dying. Well, we'll not get to the it, very but end. like I knew that. I remember reading something that um, that they had to have stunt training for this film, and I thought, oh well, stunt training can be anything from just like stepping off a bit of a high ledge or, like how or to fall over. yeah like yeah. it could be really when you see it <laughs> you're like oh shit that's why they needed it because when they are practicing they beat the living shit out of one another Honestly. and what i found really like the, they didn't what i found really funny is like the next day when they're at school they're all covered in cuts and bruises. bruises but what's really yeah. funny about it is nobody says anything about them the cuts and the bruises. No, yeah. It's like it's, no one, nobody, it doesn't, so they don't register, it's like fact. so it's normal. It's just like, it's <laughs> just there, it exists, no point commenting on it because it's not an important line or whatever. That first Fight Club meeting is so, so funny. They're going on like, so they're, they are two of, I think, a th- trio of best friends, but like they're the closest two. Hazel, who's like the third. Oh, she's really sweet. Is like, I feel like she's the one that gets shit on a bit by them Mm. or has done throughout the years. Anyway, turns out this fight club only gets sanctioned if it's got like members and if they've got a member of staff to... Like overseeing it. uh, Supervise, yeah. So um, Hazel goes off and recruits loads of girls from throughout like the year group i guess Mm. to fill the fight club and then uh pj and josie have to have a conversation with their teacher um and i think they kind of think that they're taking advantage of his sensitivity because he's going through a divorce or something he's not very he's not the smartest it gives off the like, brightest. He's a bit like, are we on about mr g yeah yeah he's who is hilarious in this film not the brightest star in the sky not the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, was going to go for a third one then, but I can't he can be led. So, like his his journey from being a outright feminist who supports the girls to when it all goes wrong for the girls, absolutely hating women, writing an essay title on the board that says <laughs> why all presidents have been men and, and why, why they're just a black way or something. <laughs> and it's like right, and then he all then all and then also kind of flips back to feminism but he's also going through this as you said journey yeah. of divorce but he really kind of anchors the comedy in a re- like he's a he does, good anchor in pot, kind of... spot without throughout the film like where he at where he's at with his journey yeah. is almost where the whole of the premise yeah is. he comes in he speaks a few like home truths just when you need them because everything that's bizarre is going on and you need to remember that this film does have a point of view, actually. It's not just stupid for stupid's sake. No. Which I think, actually, is yet another reason to really, really enjoy it. Um, Because I think, to take a step out a little bit, (laughs) traditionally, there's been this this kind of misconception that women can't do comedy as well as men as there have been in many genres and many jobs and all of that. Um, But if you look over the last sort of 20 years of films that are as ridiculous as this, that are kind of generally for male audiences, they're only funny if you're a stupid man. They're not really funny if you've got like, if you're trying to find what the film means in many cases. Mm. Whereas this one is as stupid and bonkers and ridiculous, as funny, and has something important to say. And I just think, because it's made by women and it's su- succeeding in all of those, it makes it even better. It's To me, it's the perfect example of some women starting to come up through Hollywood yeah. that have actually got real kind of original stories to tell. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you could do, like, yes, I've just used... I've said, oh, it's Fight Club meets Heathers. It's which are two classic films from the past. I've also wrote in my notes that it's quite predictable, but 
you can you can tell you know where, where it's, it's going, going. but there's going to be a fallout it's going to get they're going to rekindle but it what kind I'm of saying tells is, you that that's where it's going well i know there, but that's what i mean it's like not trying to hide anything is but it? it's so much fun along the way yeah and the originality and this is what i always say it's like when people say oh the superhero fatigue there isn't necessarily superhero fatigue it's just, just a different no slant on it like yeah. just do it a little bit different like just find I think, something that hooks it in and i always think lean into the time that we're in because yeah. the time that we're in is original like things are going to move on yeah and the past is different and, and this new felt... things become relevant all well exactly time. so i always think just i always say films kind of capture the more the moment of history that we're yeah. going in but i feel like if you really write that in yeah from a you know, from a queer perspective yeah. and all that. But, the, like, the director, Emma Seligman, Rachel Sennett now seems to be, like, doing... And there's another one I want to shout out, which who has been, like, a comedic stalwart within Hollywood for a while. But I do think she's really starting to look for films to produce that have got a little bit... Are you going to say Elizabeth Banks? Yes. yes. So I've noticed her as a producer on a few things now. Yeah. Um... And yeah, she's had some misses in her, like, in her acting career, but there's been some other good ones. But like, even just something as stupid as Cocaine Bear. Honestly. Like she, I, for, she came onto my radar in Pitch Perfect. Well, I wanted to bring up Pitch which Perfect I think actually as well. Is a is a ridiculous film, but it's not quite as bizarre as these, as say Cocaine Bear and Bottoms, and I think like. At least my awareness of Elizabeth Banks has gone from uh, from Pitch Perfect, which was stupid and funny and all women and just brilliant. Then Cocaine Bear, which again was quite around. It was quite a female centered story, wasn't it? I suppose. Something I can't really put it into words, but I keep seeing her name was really, really weird. Like crop up on like like producing credits for things. I'm like, oh, and all of them. Whilst they're really different, they do. I know they do. That's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. And now this, it's all you can put them all in the same box, and they're not quite. They don't not fit together, even though they're weird and bizarre. I don't know. Um. So but yeah, I, I I do think this is a fantastic example, as I say, of of new voices coming up in Hollywood. Yes. Um, and I think we have had some kind of quite you know recent interesting to like Barbie for God's sake, the top grossing film of this year, which is probably going to stay this way before uh-huh. the year's out. Like the fact that we got an IP such as Barbie, and they did that with it. Yeah. With like Greta Gerwig's voice yeah. was just so, so phenomenal. Brilliant. And I do think as well, um, it did feel a bit like Pitch Perfect. So there's a character in it that, I mean, it's all quite deadpan, which Pitch Perfect was quite yeah. a lot as well. Yeah. But there's that character, oh God, what's she this called? What, like Sil- no, Sylvie. Yeah. And her love for the violence and the, that crazy <laughs> look in her eye reminded me of a character as the the quiet one in Was Pitch Perfect, yeah. where she whispered. Lily. Like, totally different, but that comedic so kind of... funny. Every time the camera like panned the to her, the same spectrum, you knew that she? it was going to be a laugh. get something tapped. Yeah. Um, um, and it was... Yeah. Yeah, I think if we're, if we're putting that kind of framing on this, I would say that Bottoms is like the Gen Z answer to what Pitch Perfect is for millennials. <laughs> <laughs> On paper, maybe. Yeah. But the violence in it. Oh, no. Yeah, like, no. Tapped. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a different type of film. But I think um, while one had a millennial point of view, <laughs> the other had a very Gen Z point of view, is what I was trying to say. I'm just looking at Elizabeth Rank's um, IMDb and she's got shit tons of producing credits coming up. Um, White girl Um, problems. A woman striving for perfection tries to come to terms with her shopping addiction. Like, I already know Mm. 
that's going to be very Elizabeth Banks. Like, mm. I, I, something about... I, yeah, it's really you know weird. The thing about it as well, the soundtrack, I think, really adds that kind of the feeling. This common thread that we've identified with Elizabeth Banks, I think the soundtrack brings it to the fore. And I still can't really put my finger on why. Well, it's Charlie XCX for a lot of it. Well, I know. Who actually was involved... Not just they didn't just use songs of hers. She right. was she was involved. Like yeah. she's got a music by credit, yeah. Yeah. and it does go with it well, especially from a. It's really good. Really a good queer song, film yeah. with Charlie XCX being uh, very much queer. Not she's. I don't know if she's queer herself, but she has a massively queer fan base. Um, uh, yeah, and I, don't, I can't confirm nor deny. What's the song when they're got icons egging and change. not doing it for egging and putting toilet paper on Jeff's house, <laughs> and they're doing really team. shit like the pans out and they've got they're a little to throw bit of TP over his like three-story mansion, and they're barely hitting the trees, <laughs> and it's just falling off. So stupid, so so stupid. Was it complicated by Avril Lavigne? Uh, yes. Oh, yes, so yeah, it had. So like classic kind of, I don't even know, because it, it felt like it was set now. But some it of the music. set any time between Mean Girls and now. Yeah, but it had like Complicated by Avril Lavigne, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. It did. Um, yeah, Charlie XCX songs in there, and all of the score was quite like electro kind yeah. of pop. Charlie XCX, very, like, like, vibes. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that and there's a really... So... Do they have... No one's got problems with... No parents have got problems with them being lesbians either, have they? No, it doesn't even... The only parent it mentions is the one that's shagging the jock. Oh, yeah, she was funny. She yeah. was a thirsty cougar. Hazel's mum. Yeah. Um. But there's a bit where... Oh, God, 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 God. Which bit? So Josie seeks out a character called Rosie, which is a bit random. She just no, goes off. Rhodes. Not Rosie. Rhodes? Rhodes. As in, like, Yeah, Rhodes, sorry. Who, yeah. She goes off to, like, this trailer in the middle of nowhere, and it used to be her... Honestly, that childhood babysitter. Like <laughs> well, I was I wrote that. There's a bit in the script. No, there's a bit in the in the scene where Rhodes speaks. So basically, she's like imparting wisdom on Josie, yeah. and she speaks, and she, you can't understand what she's saying. And the way it's delivered, Josie just goes, "I haven't got a clue of anything you've just said." And it, I, I can literally, I would love to ask Emma Seligman, uh, "Was that a lie? Was that ad lib?" Yeah. Because the fact that that got kept in was, was fantastic. So well, it I did was... like that f- scene. Felt weird, like random. Yeah, but it was quite nice to see like young coming of age teenage lesbian going and seeking the advice of. A veteran lesbian. Was she a lesbian? Yeah. Yeah. But we also it also moves the plot along yeah. because she warns that she warns Josie that basically oh, this kind is of what I want to get into actually. Huntington this. intends to kill a Rockridge, which we haven't mentioned, but Rockridge is the football team of the school uh, yeah. that we're at. One thing before we move on towards the end of it, yeah. one one slight drawback, and when we get to star rating, I think there's things that could have potentially been fleshed out a bit better because it is quite a short film. At I can't actually remember what I gave it. 91 minutes, including credits. So it's said that, like, they discussed that the fight, they're setting up this fight club mm. to try have sex with girls and be more popular. Yeah. That isn't then mentioned, really, until the end. No, they've got... That was the one thing that I yeah. thought, that point of why they set it up has PJ a was little bit... Much... She was acting it out, which normally I'm like, I'd rather see it, don't tell it. Yeah. But just a couple more lines of dialogue along the way just to kind of hone in that point as to why they've done it. For me... I think it that's... was in there. I think PJ was very much like her motivation didn't change until quite late on after she'd been dished some quite um, on-the-nose home truths by Hazel. Um, yeah. And then when Josie didn't stick up for her, she was like, 
what do you mean? And Josie was like, well, Hazel's kind of speaking the truth there. You've been a bit of a dick, and this is why. Um, what I didn't really get was <laughs> why that other random jock who isn't Jeff... Tim? Is it Tim? I yeah. don't know. Don't even care what his name was. He just seemed to have absolutely no reason to have it in for them. Like, he just seemed to hate them and want to well, see that's what I mean. American I'm high like, schools just seem to fuck? be like this in films. Like, oh, um, brutal. It would cut to him, like, ringing somebody up on the yellow pages, which was weird. <laughs> and being like, he they, fact were, checked they weren't in GB. juvie. Oh, I was like, you've got an iPhone in your hand. <laughs> just Google it. Um, um, but... It was really funny. It also did a thing. So when, they, when they've been warned that they're going to potentially yeah. kill someone, the band gets back together. It takes a bit of coercing of... Um, just no, help me. Isabel the two, and Brittany. Yeah, to get them back to join the fight club. Mm. Oh, that was another funny scene, actually. When the cheerleaders come on and they do the most half-arsed... Cheerleading routine. Basic, but it, what <laughs> I found is, like, cheerleaders are, are held up in such... In, such high regard. In these films, in like, a, they go American for it. Whereas yeah. they're literally come on, do a little two-step and wave their hands a bit and then everyone claps. Yeah. And I thought, that's a really bit of a clever way to, to flip it. Yeah, really But funny. it does a thing in the the film. The film does one of those things that we always comment on and like is where something's set up quite early on, which you remember yeah. later on. So Jeff and Tim are at the... getting served this food at school. Yeah. And we find out when dinner lady, as I would have called them, I'm sure that's not what they're called in America. Um, I think lunch lady. Oh, really? Yeah. Dinner nanny. Just um, thinking of the Simpsons, lunch lady Doris. Has put pineapple on his tray and we yeah. find out he's allergic. So we then move fast forward and, and it's one of those things where it's like, well, that's clearly got a reason because it's in the final take, yeah. the final cut, but... It's a pointless line if it hasn't got a reason. Yeah. But then later on, it, they're going to try... It's the other team are going to try and kill Jeff because they've filled the sprinklers with pineapple juice, pineapple which juice. he is allergic to. So that gets found out. And then all fucking hell breaks loose. Like Honestly, this will floor you. And I know we've been peppered with violence. Well, not, not more than peppered. Like We've had a bit of a hit round the head with violence so far in this film. It's been very much like... No one's going to die, it's but been it, very it hurts. Balanced combat. Yeah, the brawl at the end <laughs> is way more violent. When Picture somebody this. actually falls on a sword, the mascot sword. Well, I mean, and dies. Massive football players <laughs> who are psycho running at this group of teenage girls, and then and brain they them. have. Oh, they have met their match. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, yeah. What, what animal is the mascot? Is that a lion? Is it a lion? Maybe. Because he's got that sword, which... In his furry costume. Which, why? <laughs> and his costume has the biggest dick. Oh, I've listened to an interview. Somebody asked. I didn't even notice. It was huge. How could you not? It, it wasn't his costume. It was the point that it, that was his, the guy underneath his penis. Oh, that is so Like, weird. just as a bit of a, like, I don't even know. Well, it was like, it's a dick swinging thing. Like, look at me. The funny thing but... was that his dick was massive. <laughs> it doesn't matter whether it was costume or the character. It was so funny. So our group triumph over the football team presumed most of them could be dead i think most of them are dead yeah um which when i've said towards like the start of our discussions this is so absurd and over the top yeah and actually talking about heathers when we saw heathers the musical which i didn't mind but when i came out of seeing that i went what the hell was that yeah still did this with this film yeah enjoyed this more than heathers the musical I found the tone of Heather's the musical even stranger. But I have said, whilst at, we have given quite glowing reviews of this film, I don't think it'll be for everyone. No, don't really. I think either. if you don't, if you don't just lie back and just take the tone for what it is, yeah, 
you won't like it. You have to be able to not Cease take your things whatever too serious. it is, like just suspend your disbelief. That's it. Yeah. Don't take things too seriously. And if you are the type that likes to take things seriously, this probably isn't the film for you. Um, which is fine. I but think, just enjoy lesbians yeah. on a... People that like to have a laugh will love this. And I can definitely imagine it being a bit of a stoner film. Oh, yeah. Very stoner film vibes. Yeah. Like, on a... Like, just enjoy as well. It's a comedy. It's being theatrically released. Yeah. It's got two... Well, two main characters that are lesbians. Loads of other lesbians. Love it. And it takes the piss out of men. So... What's not to love? Exactly. Um, I also will say... It does one of my favourite things that I've loved since Toy Story 2. It has outtakes in the credits. Oh, yeah, And I brilliant. fucking love when films do yeah. that. It's the be- I feel like I've sworn a lot this episode. Fucking love. Um, but that's me. That's me done. Yeah. I've said what I need to say. Star rating. Four stars. Four from me. Yeah. Um, you could maybe talk me a little bit higher on a good day. No, um, I think I'm confident in my four, and it is... A four that is very well deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now let's unsheath. Shit, let's go get The Lesbian Dar. The Lesbian Dar. It's a wonderful piece of machinery devised by Ned's own hand, and we use it to rank all the films and TV we discussed based on their LGBTQ plus appeal. Let's see where the gaydar ranks bottoms. Does it come out on top? Or does it fall out the bottom? Fall out the bottom? <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> Excuse me. Surely quite high. Oh, very high. Yeah. Um, I've got... I can't always remember the ranking that we've got so far, but I've got an idea of... All right, well, what, I'll give you the top two are Heartstopper and Sex Education. Just below them. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to know what it's just beat? Yeah. Passages and Red, mm. White and B- Royal Blue. Mm. Mm, I know difficult one isn't it i'd maybe put it below passages potentially i don't know i feel like I the top of it i feel like probably this year and the reasons we've discussed that sex education and Heartstopper are so high is they literally show all of the mm. rainbow mafia the full shebang yeah i feel like under them I feel like we're going to be in much of a well. Like, I do kind of tier. think our our third position, I think, is a mm. is a three way tie between bottoms, passages, and red, white, and royal blue. To be honest, because after that, interesting Barbie. that bottoms and red, white, and blue, royal blue are so close together when it's got the same person in it. Yeah, um, I mean, they kind of have equal representation of a different letter and. No, I think what we probably need to think about and what the gaydar needs to maybe think about when it spits out these things. Well, all this work we're doing here is to calibrate the gaydar. Oh, so it's an AI. Well, I wouldn't quite... Basically. No. That was what was in Mission Impossible, was it? It's not machine learning. It's calibration. (laughs) But I think you maybe just got to look at the different things, because it, one thing, I mean, I know this segment is a bit ingesting. I think to we're do with going our podcast. too deep into No, this. but what, I, no, what I will say it. is, like, we know that the LGBTQ plus perspective is not unipolar, whatever, however you say that. Unipolar? I don't know. It's not like... We're not a homogenous mass. That's the thing, yes. Unlike straight people. Yeah. That was a joke. So, you know, um, I think... We actually went with a group of people, two of which were lesbians, but at the end I didn't get to ask them if they enjoyed it and I didn't want to be like, oh, you were the lesbian, tell me what you thought, but I would like when I next see them to see actually talk to them about it. After they've had time to reflect on it. Because I like loved Passages, but that was from a gay male Oh, I mean, I don't even know why we're talking about passages right now because the two are so incomparable. Because that's what we're meant to do in this segment. Is, but these two are so incomparable. I'd be more likely to talk about it in comparison to Red, White, and Royal Blue. I mean, even that's a bit because of a stretch. Because they're both like stupid. At least the comedies, they're both but comedies. Very they're different both comedies. Camp. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. Yep. Um, do we have anything else to say about it? 
No. Where can people watch it? Still in the cinemas? Still in the cinemas. And I would I would seek it out if you could when you're listening. I mean, Where's the whole like point of go... this podcast is you have to have pretty much seen it because we've just spoiled the full film for yeah, you. Yeah, I mean... But... <laughs> Um, Where's it likely, like, who's, who's uh, done it? Where's who, it likely to end up streaming? Well, it was Warner's, wasn't it? Which I was shocked at yeah. when the Warner oh, Brothers yeah, thing came was, up. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, they're um, putting out a... The film was released in the US on Ca- and Canada on Amazon Prime Video. Oh, maybe we'll get it on Amazon Prime. Um, in September. Right. So I think it's maybe rolling out across... Fil- yeah. uh, I don't think it'll be in cinemas for long. No, at all. If it's not even big screen, if it's still there. But there was quite a few people in there, and I love. Did you notice that couple leave? Yeah, I did. In? I was like, oh god. But what I do like, my two favorite genres to watch in a in a screen that's got plenty of people in: horror and comedy. Yeah, and but we were all laughing along and having yeah. fun. So yeah. love yeah. that. Yes. Hey, well, that's all for this time. If you have enjoyed this episode of Gaze on Film, please subscribe, rate and comment on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Gaze on Film Pod. And you can check out our Letterboxd accounts. The links to those are in the show notes. We would love to hear your thoughts, so please do feel free to drop us a message. I have been Ned. And I have been Declan. And this has been Gaze on Film. Thanks for listening. Bye. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.